welcome to this week's episode of the Sports Burrito. This week we've had the actual return of the Premier League, which for Arsenal fans such as myself has been incredibly depressing, as well as a host of other live sports such as golf, some news on the rugby front, and a sprinkling of cricketing news for you as well. As ever, I hope you enjoy the podcast, and apologies in advance for any offence caused. This could be the most dramatic story of the season! It's Torres to give Chelsea a place in the Champions League final! The headline has been written! So I think the obvious place to start is uh, with the football, and I'll let you guys talk about the Villa-Sheffield United game. Well, you can talk about it if you want, Matt, as well, but... Before I end up having a midlife crisis induced by the pain of watching Arsenal play football again. Well, I think the... Yeah, that was tough. But yeah, Villa Sheffield. It was a not very good pretty not pretty pretty dull affair though. I thought nil nil. Um, it wasn't uh, the best quality how game. Classic. We've waited three months, three months for football, and they give us that nil-nil. shit. Yeah, ridiculous. I mean the, the VAR instance, obviously the big talking point, or the, yeah, the lack of the lack of VAR and the goal line technology stuff. Um, I mean, I felt bad for Michael Oliver on the basis that. If his watch doesn't say it's a goal, that's what he's been doing for the last, what, three years or whatever since we've had the goal. Yeah, that's not really his fault. There's not a huge amount. Like, if it doesn't say it's a goal, he's probably going to be like, right, it must just not have gone in. Yeah. But where I can draw a line is that, not draw a line, where I can point to sort of fault, I guess, is that apparently VAR was like, is allowed to deem whether or not that would be a goal. Oh, that is something you can go and check. And maybe it would have been worth just going to VAR for a quick check because it was pretty blatant. He, lo- he like, looked in awful shape, old Michael Oliver. He had a terrible list. <laughs> yeah. I felt bad for him because he's not a man who's got a lot of hair. <laughs> yeah, he'd gone thick on the barn at front. But I think there was a couple uh, occasions, well, in the City and Arsenal game as well, where the VAR could have been used. There was a foul, I think. Grealish got fouled in the box and they just completely ignored it. And I feel like they're the kind of decisions that in the before game. the break, yeah, I think it was in the Villa game, Grealish got fouled. But before the coronavirus break or whatever, decisions like that were getting looked at the whole time. So I don't know if they've had some sort of review or tried to use it less because yep. football's back or what, but that that was a goal. I have no idea how they haven't given that as a goal. Any replay, all angles show it as a goal. Yeah, I, the ball was I, fully I carried over the line as well. Yeah, as in the goalkeeper's There's pressing no up doubt. against the back of the post and that's as, as big an indication as you could possibly need <laughs> that there is a goal. He the looks goal so guilty when he's holding it in there. It's so funny. It's so good. Yeah. I was going to say Villa could have actually come away with three points, even though they didn't get the goal. But yeah. what's that guy's name? Keenan Davis. Yeah, Keenan Davis. He had like three or four chances, but Chokey McChokerson. Oh yeah, Villa definitely did more of the actual pressing to look like trying to score a goal than uh, than Sheffield United did. But as in, they also conceded yeah, an actual exactly. football goal. They literally <laughs> an actual football goal went in their end, so they they should have lost the game. But that's fine. Um, yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, talk through um, the old elephant in the as room. As an Arsenal fan. I, <laughs> I, so I knew we were going to lose, as, as I've mentioned on previous po- podcasts. There was about a 20-minute period before kickoff where I had a little bit of hope. just hit me. I got hit by a wave of it, and I thought, 2-1. little 2-1. little snatch and grab. We're going to do them. Uh, and then we got Xhaka, who I don't even like, got injured in the first <laughs> five minutes. Um, that was brilliant. And then Pablo Mari, who, Pablo looked, Mari. who looked really bad. Got like, schooled by Carl Walker, pulled a fake hammy injury. Well, obviously not fake in the end, but it looked like yeah, it looked he like he got done and faked it. He basically, he looked so out of his own depth that his hamstring pulled itself to get him out of there. Pants down. And then and then, and then the absolute shambles, absolute shambles that is David Luiz entered the fray. And I, I've actually not been particularly anti-David Luiz. He's had a couple of shockers for Arsenal already. Um, 
but I've not been as anti him as others have been. But I mean, on this front, I, there's absolute. It's the 46th minute. Half time is fully 45 <laughs> seconds away. And I know it's wet and it's slippery, but you're 33 or whatever he is. 30, I don't even know. He's old. Experienced enough to know that the ball's going to skid off your leg like that when, when it's coming at you. And it's just absolutely baffling. But Leno had made three or four good stops in the build-ups to that. Like, yeah, well, Leno was good. We're still in the game. We're still doing a bit. It was, he had no complaints about what Bernd Leno was doing yeah. yesterday. And then, I mean, the red card. I thought the red card was harsh. I thought it was quite, yeah, I thought it was quite harsh. Like, I was surprised yeah, it was Yeah, definite a penalty. But yeah, it was a harsh red. Um, very harsh. There wasn't uh, much. But it's just from fucking start to finish, it's an absolute shit show, mate. It's an absolute sh- What I've just watched, what we watched yesterday, was it? I watched about 103 foot days between Arsenal playing games, and I honestly was so much happier in those 103 days than I was. By the end of the game last night, I was miserable again. None of your, well, Aubameyang, Saka, Nketiah, nowhere to be seen. We didn't, we didn't have the ball beyond the first 20 minutes. We didn't touch the ball. Your midfield literally didn't have the ball. I think not having... Like I, again, like I say, I'm not a huge Granite Jacker fan, but I think he, there is something to be said for him in terms of retaining possession. He's probably slightly more advantageous to have on the park than Danny Ceballos just does these weird Cruyff turns into blind alleyways. Yeah. Apparently he's come out today and said he doesn't want to stay at Arsenal for next season, which is absolutely fine by me. I'm pretty sure every time he gets the ball, he, he, he'll like dummy his first pass. Fully. It's it, like The first time he did it when we played Burnley, we beat the 3-2, he was actually quality. And then because everything he tried came off. And since that game... He's tried to do all of that stuff again and again and again, and people just mm. read it. Um, five subs, no Pepe. Five subs, no Pepe. That was That's weird. quite interesting. I, want to, I mean, I was surprised. Why Pepe didn't start? I mean, apparently, I think it's the same Ozil thing. I think Arteta just knows Pepe is quite lazy defensively, and Ozil's, I mean, again, that speaks for itself in terms of a defensive but in ter- well, I can't believe it. If you're 2-0 you're down, I mean, I guess he just went to damage limitation pretty early, which is a quite a depressing state of affairs when you're meant to be a big club that can actually fight for... Yeah. even games let alone titles um, but the way I see it in terms of teams well maybe that's not actually the way to select your team is like in terms of like players who the opposition might look at and think about them being a threat not to say that Nketi is not a threat but Pepe on a team sheet is definitely more threatening 100% surely. he's definitely a more intimidating option and Lacazette would be a more intimidating team sheet name yeah. than Nketi but I think it, given how well Arteta knows City I don't think Nketi was necessarily a bad call yeah. I was more concerned but like the problem with not playing Pepe is that all Reese Nelson is that you didn't have a right winger both Aubameyang and Saka if you're going to play Aubameyang on, as a winger you've got to put him on the left he doesn't. He can't play on the right Saka is never played on the right I mean he's He's, he's a left winger and so far for Arsenal he spent most of his time either left back and now right wing apparently so that's somewhat bizarre but I mean I guess you've just got to wipe clean slate Kieran Tierney looked quite sharp that's literally yeah, yeah he looked good quite good actually about that entire game. he was he looked quite sharp um, so I think yeah I think basically we're just going to have to pretend that game never happened yeah but now we've from looked, a City perspective though from a City perspective I mean they look like they hadn't not played football how good is Edison Edison disgrace Kicking. he, <laughs> he is so how good. good so good He's a shambles. That th- that through ball, the through ball he the through ball he put for Phil Foden to run onto, incredible mm. joke. But yeah, also good at knocking out his own. Oh defender. yeah, that was, yeah. The Eric Garcia stuff at the end was pretty scary. You never really liked to see that. It's quite difficult. He to was watch. down for. Has ages. anything come of it? for a really long time. Yeah, Edison posted something today, and I think it seemed fairly positive. But I mean, as did report, I think he said he's fine. You can That's never really be too too careful with head injury stuff. Also, is Gundogan fucking good or something? He always starts for City and like is always seems seamless. Like he never makes mistakes. I swear. Um, I, th- I, th- I think. I, mean, I think, I think he's, he's just... a bit of a Henderson, mate. He's a bit of one of those people that is just like sort of very underrated by everyone else, but in the team is rated yeah. so highly. 
I think he's so much better than Henderson. He's Henderson, but with yeah, ten yeah, times course, the technique, and maybe maybe less good mentally. To be fair, Henderson's Henderson's biggest yeah. trait, I think, Brazilian is, is. He's just mental, pumping up other people. But he always Gundogan always seems to be starting in not so that was necessarily a massive game, but like he always plays in. He does play big games. Yeah, he does. You're right. Um, I think he's just he's, he's a very solid operator. Yeah, he's, played, <laughs> he's got some dark. He slept with Pep. <laughs> Um, I think yeah, he's just a solid operator you can trust. He's good good enough technically that he's not going to let you down. And maybe Phil Foden is not quite there physically yet. He is still quite slight and a bit yeah. a bit little. Um, a bit on the small side. So about Foden, didn't you? Yeah, mate. I thought he was unbelievable. I thought he was so good. So He's such a promising player. He just needs to play more. I mean, he basically, if you think last year he scored the goal that when they beat Spurs last year 1-0, he scored the winner in that game. And that was basically the, the game that won them essentially the title yeah. because they couldn't afford to drop any points in those games they're, they're, he's, yeah, no, it's, just, it's not even that it's just his ability it's his ability to dribble past players is like yeah it, to be honest I, is it, I really want him to leave yeah to be City. fair I think every club would love him every club would love him every club would love him and also like City are realistically even when David Silva he's leaving this, at the end of the season I suppose that's really made for Foden to slot in but I just I've got a feeling that City are just going to go out and spend yeah, still however much someone. money on someone else that can play that position because Pep's got an obsession with having obscene depth um, where would he go? I, I think he could go anywhere mate like you say anyone would take like anywhere like if, if Phil Foden, Foden's up on the market I wouldn't be surprised to see him do a Jaden Sancho-esque move and take a foreign league on um, but he goes somewhere massive in a foreign yeah league but he could, that's the thing he'd get, he plays virtually not any club yeah. most clubs aren't boasting exactly a, a wealth of riches in midfield so I think he could do a lot pretty much anywhere he goes De Bruyne oh, it was a mistake by David Luiz and Sterling this time Raheem Sterling with his first goal of the calendar year Next up in sport, we've got the return of golf. Yeah, we had last so last week we had the the conclusion of the Charles Schwab Challenge, which was the return of the PGA Tour. Um, and given that PGA Tour events don't tend to bring in a massive crowd anyway, I thought that the lack of the lack of fans wasn't really much of a problem in terms of how their broadcast looked. And it also just allowed you got some really good insights from sort of the caddies and players that sometimes you might not hear that are masked by the sort of crowd mumble that you get at golf. Yeah. Caddy um, insight is exceptional. Caddy insight is great. With it. It's class. Um, and also what I really enjoyed was it was just really close. Like There were four or five players going into it in the last couple of hours. Um, what's he called? Morikawa bottled a putt on 18 and an absolute sitter on yeah. uh, on the in the playoff hole yeah. to lose it to Daniel Berger. And that was... And Zahn Schauffelet made a ridiculous bogey Yeah, that was obscene. That was obscene. And then a ridiculous birdie putt on 16 to tie him up with the leaders. And then bogeyed 17 by missing a really short putt that fully that I've never seen a putt be so close to going in and lip out in my entire life it went the full <laughs> way around the cup and popped back out the same direction oh if, I reckon more God. than half the ball was was in the hole almost but it looked <laughs> it looked like that and then and then on 18 has a putt from about 18 feet which he leaves I reckon half an inch short which was just exciting to watch anyway um, and I don't know if this is just because I've been playing more golf recently than I normally do but it, I found it a lot more exciting than I usually do um and the playoff hole's always good. Yeah, play- like, everyone loves a playoff. Match, match play is something we can all get excited about. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Bryson DeChambeau. Oh, Bryson, Bryson, Bryson DeChambeau is important to talk about here. Let's let's talk Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah, Bryson DeChambeau. He is fucking yeah, huge. Yeah, mate, he's shot on a lot. He wellies it as well. 
absolutely wellies it. I saw one of the golf pundits saying that he deserves some credit for thinking outside of the box as a way to gain advantage over other really players. He doesn't even look in good shape, though. He looks quite tubby. He looks quite chunky, but it just seems to be all, well, like, looked, must be muscle. He's deliberately tubby, though, like, because the reason he's, he's basically chosen that shape to be because he's worked out the, by the mechanics of his swing. Like, he's such a, like, methodical guy if you look into the way he designs his clubs. And Is stuff he called like the physician? Is that what he's they call really, him? The physician? Something along, yeah, something along those lines. Um, but he basically realised that whatever whatever that body shape that he's now adopted is, which is basically just big, beefy... Because he looks like he's eaten bright. <laughs> he does, he it's does. That's <laughs> the best description I've heard, is that he looks like he's eaten himself. Um, and, uh, he, yeah, it's just like... Fair play to him, I There's been a strange amount of criticism. People being like, oh, it's so unfair, like, if you could just do that, like... I'd love to see any of you go out, put on that much weight deliberately, and be able to hit more 370 yards. It is yeah. mental. Like, it's been a, like, and now everyone's been, oh, we need to make the courses longer, we need to limit how far... Colin Montgomery. Colin Montgomery wants the balls changed. Like, oh, mate, shut <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, I, I think, like, yeah, he does deserve more credit than he's been given. And also, I, I can't, again, another YouTube recommendation that I, I feel like I pop up with a couple of these most weeks. If you watch any of the longest drive tour around the world, there's swings, mate. The there's swings. The club speed, the club speed is beyond outrageous. And also, there's one lad that has a Ric Flair style sort of shout and chant before he goes out, and it's, <laughs> it's one of the most hypnotic things I've seen in a long time. It's correct. Their club speed's just farcical. Um, but yeah, that's that. That's what golf's done for me this week. Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah, that was one of the strangest things I've ever seen when he strolled up to the tee on the Thursday, and I was like, "What? Who is that? He's just jacked um, to hell. I think he's put like twenty yards on like more average on every club or something ridiculous." Yeah. Well, I think also like I I don't I that, I've never seen anyone do that before ever. He's completely and also think how difficult that is to keep your swing the same as sort of yeah, yeah. exactly to keep your swing the same while doing that. It's incredibly difficult to do. So, again, yeah, fair play to him. It is seriously impressive. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Yeah, well, last week we spoke about how the salary cap the salary cap has been reduced uh, by £1.6 million per club. Uh, in light of that, all the sale rugby club players have agreed a 25% pay cut, so they're already under the automatically under the salary cap while other clubs are trying to loan players out, uh, try and get new deals with all their players. The entirety of the of the sale players have just taken a cut, so they've sorted it out pretty quick. A few, few stars there to mention as well. Obviously, you've got Tom Curry, Ben Curry, Faf de Klerk. Yeah. Some big, some big, yeah. big wages there. Yeah, no, it's very true. They've, they've signed a few of the South African squad um, in the last couple of years, so there's some yeah, seriously big wages that have all been cut. Yeah, there's plans for the Premiership Rugby to return, I think, middle or end of August. Uh, I'm not actually sure. There's not many games. It's like six games left, I think, uh, per club. So they'll get those done pretty quick, quickly before uh, the start of next season. Is this, again, from something of an outsider's perspective, I'm surprised they're finishing the rugby season. Yeah. And also, I'm, not surprised if, and that, and I'm also super surprised they're playing or bothering with the rest of the regular season. Because, especially because injuries are so frequent in rugby, like it... You basically, if you manage to go through an entire season without getting injured, it's a genuine miracle. Yeah. That like I feel like, given that it's such a curtailed end of the season, regardless, that what's the point in the teams playing? Yeah. On in competition of those top four, five, six teams, maybe. Exactly. Like, no, I think I it's feel very like true. It, it, it's a wasted opportunity. They could definitely just bring in the teams that have a chance of making the playoffs and the ones that have already made it. 
have more of like maybe like do a two-legged knockout. Yeah, the issue is I think there's about there's about six points between third place and ninth place or something. I think that's why they couldn't just stop and do that. But even even then, they should they could have still played two semis in a final. Just said right, we're playing that now. Um, I don't think they've actually reached a full conclusion as to what they're doing, but I'm pretty confident that they're planning on playing the rest of it. And uh, the Super Rugby results from this weekend, there was two pretty pretty scorching games. Um, just, I, Southern Hemisphere Rugby is so much better It to is watch. so good. Yeah. So yeah. electric. I understand that doesn't necessarily make them better as teams, but it's just as a, from a fan's perspective, yeah. it's ridiculous how much more fun I have watching those matches than I do watching Leicester and Saracens. Yeah, it's so much. They like chuck offloads on their own five-metre line. It's pretty mental. Um, but in terms of, they had a couple rule changes in that they weren't meant to be um, refereeing the breakdown for as long, so they got pinged. If the if a ruck lasted more than two, two seconds, I think it was, or two and a half seconds, the, the whistle would literally blow. In terms of fitness, engines that would be oh, the ridiculous. most the most exhausting thing I think I've ever I can imagine. Engines doing. ridiculous. You you got your Dan Coles mate just running about. I, that yeah. try Dan Coles try was silly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, saw Bowden Barrett get caught up in their celebrations. That was actually yeah. that was a good watch. Yeah, Bowden Barrett obviously just left the Canes and joined joined the Blues. And uh, as Dan Coles scored just past him in, in the corner, the entire team sort of forced him to join the huddle as they celebrated but he took it all with a in good humour and smiled his way out of it whereas I can imagine quite a few rugby players losing their head in that situation but he dealt with it pretty also one, one, of the, one of the yeah. one of the players came out the line and gave him a little pop Bowden had a little chase after him mate and gave him a little nudge yeah Dane Coles I think which was uh, great to see so great to see <laughs> Some light-hearted fun. All, all part of the sporting element. Yeah, so the Blues, the Blues won 30-20 against the Canes, and Highlanders beat the Chiefs 28-27 with a last-minute drop goal. By Warren Gatlin's son, wasn't it? Warren Gatlin's son. Yeah, I think it might. Yeah, have against been his right. dad, just dropped dropped a three-pointer. Have that, have that, pops. Have that, dad. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> Again on the sweep. Is it going to go over his head? Oh, no way. No, no way. You cannot do that, Ben Stokes. Well, obviously in cricket news this week, um, Tim Breslin leaving Yorkshire after 19 years. Um, quote on quote. 19 years. He said it's time to move on and give younger players a go. Pretty honourable, that. Going out with a hand on the sword. Um, yeah, seriously honourable. I'm a massive Tim Breslin yeah, fan. Yeah, he's a hero. I've had a real change of heart because when he used to play for England back in the day, he was one of those people that would be like, we had so many players that could like swing the ball, bat best than he did, do all these things, and he always played, and it used to really wind me up. And then as he's got into the, sort of the twilight of his career, I've really enjoyed him. As much for his personality as anything else. Um, mm. He There is something, I've seen a video, or it's a, actually an audio clip of him on another podcast, talking about what he'd have done if he was Ben Stokes scoring that 135 at <laughs> And I think it's something this about is... ripping his top off and doing a... A knee slide, yeah, both shirt pads. off and knee slide. I think. <laughs> shirt off, knee slide, both pads, and the heading the outfield, oh. which is just champagne. He's always, he's always been one for. He has been humor. good. He bowls a of very the, heavy ball. Bowls one of the heaviest balls of all time. <laughs> he was on that Ashes tour in Australia in ten eleven, I believe. I think he won. He had the, this peculiar record that he won twelve of his. It's the first test, twelve test matches he played. England won all of them. He was That's some incredible. sort of like. I think he basically just got into the side at the right time, as well as also clearly being a, a contributing factor. Um, but yeah, sad to see. I mean, he's still looking to play. It's not like he's retiring completely. Yeah, no, hopefully. He's... I mean, I'd love to see him get swept up by Surrey in 
give them a run. We don't really know what's going to happen with counter championship cricket just yet. Um, much to the grief of sort of the cricket loving yeah, community, the cricket badges, the proper badges, yeah. Um, but hopefully, like we said, we got like we said last week, the test matches what they're kicking off in about two and a half weeks' time. Net seems to be going well. I've seen some some clips of Joffre bowling some serious heat. Um, we've had Ollie Pope looking quite sharp in the nets. We've had uh, Sam Curran's also been looking quite sharp in some net sessions. That I've oh, I saw Sam Curran get uh, get his off peg yeah. sent by Joffrey in the nets, which is quite good. Uh, nets videos are weirdly underrated. Yeah, they they're are. so therapeutic. A mm. forward drive, mate. Really forward drives. That's very exciting. I cannot wait for cricket. I, I cannot. I hope that. Do you reckon they'll do fake crowd noise? So the fake crowd noise obviously launched with the football yesterday as well. Um, which we didn't mention earlier. I but, think it um, worked quite well. They definitely will at boundaries, I think. Boundaries and wickets, they will. I really enjoyed the slightly delayed nature of the football crowd noise. And then the, <laughs> ball would, the ball would either just go in or would go in or just miss. And then the crowd would go up about sort of, I reckon, a second and a half later yeah, than they usually Mate, I reckon I re- there's definitely little nerds up in, up in the stands, mate, with a keyboard, with all of it laid out. That's what I'm thinking. He's just, and he's just pressing. Ooh. I was thinking they're like a smart like AI based I was thinking they're like a smart AI based like super ridiculous algorithm that can work out when via cameras and I was like I don't think that's physically possible so I think it's got to be some bloke up up in the stands with a keyboard (laughs) Um, but yeah I feel like if you try and translate that to cricket it's a bit easier because I mean the appeals will happen anyway and then you can just as soon as someone's appealing you can just get the crowd to go up yeah literally kept the game going on for so long uh. would you rather do this thing or that thing this week's would you rather would you rather win the masters on a playoff hole there's only one playoff hole or win the Ryder cup and you score three out of your five points Matt Rook talk to me Right, well, I'll fire us off here. I think with obviously the Ryder Cup, obviously Poulter loves it because there's that football atmosphere that you don't get at any other tournaments. Obviously, the huge crowds that the influx you get, it would be huge. It'd be a huge result. It really would. Mate, the crowd noise. And I, mate, like I, nothing I, else I love in it golf. when they, on the first hole, where Big Phil will hype them up to be going, USA, USA, as he, as he drives, mate. It's incredible. Just wasn't up that, the noise. Wasn't that Bubba Watson? No, they've all they wasn't they all Bubba do Watson? it, mate. They literally every player does it on the first hole. I think Bubba Watson was the first person to properly get people to do it, and then they got Poulter on to do it yeah. and slapped it into the bunker, and everyone was a bit like, oh. Yeah. yeah. Bubba just loves that, relishes it. Um, and then obviously you got the Masters, mate. Well, if you win it, you know you're invited back every year. And you get and you get money, and you get an money, cool money, and you and you can play the course anytime you want, whenever. <sighs> Augusta, baby. Augusta. I think for me, I think the atmosphere that you get from a team event like the Ryder Cup is basically unparalleled. And I feel like even the Masters can get a bit stuffy. Like I, I love the Masters as much as anyone, but I feel like there's there is just like I'm more excited about the Ryder Cup coming around than I am the Masters, and that's saying something. That's saying something. A bit of camaraderie, a bit of camaraderie. Just team. I quite like seeing the players interact like that as well. There's just quite a fun elements where yeah. you see professional sports people actually seem to get along. It, it also nice. really winds me up with the Masters that you can only watch a few hours of it. You know how you can't watch the first, like, I don't know, like nine holes of certain people. It really annoys me that. Yeah, it's weird. That is really weird that they do that. Um, I think in terms of winning it, though, winning the Masters, your name goes down more in history as a, as a winner of the Masters. It honestly does. What would your true. dinner be? You know how you can choose 
starter, main, and dessert. Yeah. What if you win? So, yeah, the year, the year. So the year after you win, you do the champions dinner. The, the Wednesday night, you do the champions dinner. Um, oh my and you, god! And you pick a menu, and there have been some really good ones. I remember having a look through them a couple of years ago. I think Patrick Reed was really good. Um, he went just like full Southern American, like big feed, and it, it was all pretty enticing. Tiger Woods has had a couple of good ones too. It'll be exciting to see what he does next time it comes around. Yeah, yeah. Ta- Danny Danny Willett went a full full roast, mate. Yorkshire puddings in the yeah, lot. He did. He did go. Did he? He went full roast. Keep it British. Yeah, I was. I mean. I don't know what I'd go for because the starter and the main, you've got to make sure they're relatively linked. So you can't just pick two random things. No, no, no. I'm going starter duck pancakes oh. and then main, main spaghetti hoops on toast. <laughs> Can you imagine how disappointed you'd be? Fucking hell, what's this? I reckon I'm going... You've just got to go for a fat like Chateaubriand steak for your main course. Just go big. Yeah. And some hench bottle of red wine. I'd have strawberry jelly as my dessert. <laughs> what a meal. I'd, I'm just going to go plain rice pudding. There's nothing to put on it. I think I'd go plain ham sandwich, no butter, pack of Watsits. <laughs> <laughs> That's the watch watch Pat, Pat Reed what, would love three, that. Three brilliant meals. Dessert. Yeah, dessert. Dessert. Dessert's got to be a white magnum for me. Just a straight white magnum. Yeah, one yeah, well plain. No one would be upset about a white magnum. I'll take that for free. Yeah, that's true. Um, that is true. Gone off on the slight tan. Yeah, <laughs> back yeah. to the Ryder. I'd like to beat the Americans, so Ryder Cup would be good. I think just watching Americans take L's is big. I think yeah, especially if, if is it a close Ryder Cup because I don't want it to be one where where we we sort of with you ten six up going into the Sunday and you and you cruise through the singles. I want yeah, no, it's 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 all square going into the last day. It's a miracle, but so then it's you not just miracle at Medina. you just show up. It's not miracle at Medina where. No, 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 no comeback, no comeback. It's evens going into the last. But do you day. win your point in the singles? Like, if I win my point, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. an important point going down the stretch. Yeah, you do. Okay, I think yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Ryder Cup, just because I think the the team element to it's much more exciting. The post, I'm a big match The post game hoon as well would be absolutely hench as a team. The post game celebration would be unbelievable. Giving a little I'm a big fan of match play yeah. and stroke play anyway. I feel like with the Masters as well, like um, when you win. You're just sort of celebrating with your family, which would be quite quite depressing compared to obviously celebrating with ten <laughs> lads just going nuts and eat, eating Cheerios out of the cup the next morning for breakfast. Wasn't that was that what Ian Poulter did? Yeah, that? it was Poulter. He got in serious trouble. Didn't for he it. get in loads of trouble for that? Yeah. <laughs> worth it. Worth it though. Definitely worth it. Um, yeah, so I think that's a resounding Ryder Cup win. Yeah, Ryder Cup all the way. Ryder Cup, USA, USA. They get away first time. Tyson Gay right alongside Usain Bolt, but here he goes, streaking away already. It's Bolt all the way. He's looking round at Gay. Watch the clock. It's gold for Bolt. And again, he's done it again. This week on the podcast, we're going to finish with an entirely new section called Who Are You? 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 I'm going to think of a famous sports person from the past or the present and give Dan and Luke one clue at which point they will take turns and ask a question each and potentially guess at who the person I'm thinking of is. The idea is hopefully we'll be able to keep a points tally and see which of these two has more encyclopedic sporting knowledge by the end of the process. This week, I've gone for a footballer. And the clue that I've got for you about my player is that he made seven appearances for England and all of them were off the bench. Okie dokie. Uh, Rook, do you want to ask the first one? Did he play for a top six side? Yes. But it's not where he's best known for playing. I shouldn't have answered that like that. Just yes. 
Was the top six club Tottenham Hotspur? No. Played seven times for England. Was he a midfielder? No. Was he a striker? Yep. Was he over the height of six foot? Yes. Good question, good question. Was he sponsored by Adidas? His team was at one point. That narrows it down to every top six team still. <laughs> Did he play for Liverpool? No. I was going to go Heskey. Has he retired? Yes. That, that was a bit of a pause there. That means he might have been, still been playing around a bit. He, he had a bit of a journeyman end to his career, I'll give you that. But I think it is officially. He hung on, did he? He, has been he hung on. A little bit. Yeah, he hung on. He hung on till the, till the bitter end. Yeah. Strike, strike, strike. Did he play for West Ham? He did play for West Ham. You can have a guess here now, Rick, if you like. Andy Carroll? No. Pretty sure he might have played more than seven times. I think he played way more than seven times. So he's, he's got seriously a goals game ratio as well. Some of his headers were ridiculous. Yeah, he does. He scored some bangs. West Ham strike. He played at West Ham and played up top. Seven appearances. You're going to kick yourself. You're going to absolutely kick yourself. Yeah, I can tell. I'm going to, I'm going to be annoyed. It's not Jermaine Defoe. I think he played a bit more than that. He started for England. Yeah. All off the bench. Up top. Seven appearances, seven appearances off, the, off bench. the bench. Were his seven caps back to back? Or like in the same couple of years, or were there some at the start of his career, some at the end? They were, they were in the same couple of years. I'm not sure they were all back to back, but he, they were all in a yeah in a relatively short period of time. I think they were over the course of okay. Yeah, all of his all of his uh, senior England appearances were between 2009 and 2010. Oh okay. okay, okay. Oh, what is it's it? not Emil Heskey. Marlon Harwood. It's not Emil Heskey. It's not Marlon Harewood. It's you're going to absolutely kick yourself when you don't. I don't know. Tell us. Genuine up yeah. top. Marlon, Marlon Harewood. Keep going. Keep going. Big West Ham strikers. He scored a lot of goals. West Ham. Mikel Antonio. What is that? No. What's the donkey oh, yeah. up top? Oh my days! It, this is killing me. He's serious, he, he, he seriously clung on to his West Ham career. career, didn't he? Yeah, he kept getting okay, resigned. What is his he got name? Released and what is his right name? West Ham career. I know who you mean. I honestly reckon people are going to be screaming at this. Joe Cole. No, this. are you stupid? No, same surname. It's Carlton Cole. There you go. Oh, Carlton Cole. Carlton Cole has seven England appearances. Jesus Christ, that was it. Mate, Carlton Cole. He was, was a good donkey mate, towards the end. Go on YouTube, Carlton Cole, mate. Yeah, towards the end, he was an absolute donkey. Go on YouTube, Carlton Cole, best individual goals. There are some big ones. He had some powerful headers. He had a bit of pace, a good oh. turn of pace. The top six club he played for was Chelsea. Yeah, he was a Chelsea youth player. Went out on loan to Wolves, Charlton and Villa, all from Chelsea, before signing with Aston Villa in 2006. Um, he put two spells at West Ham. Both, well, one ended in 2013 and the second one started in 2013, but he got released and re-signed, as I said. But he played 256 games for West Ham and scored, uh, or Premier League games, sorry, and scored 55 Premier League goals. So one in five record for a striker for a struggling club, not so bad. Although not all Premier League, someone is a championship thinking about it. Um, and then yeah, the sort of the, the stretch at the end of his career, he played a season with Celtic where he played four games. He played four games for Sacramento Republic out in the States, and then he played for 
Persib Bandung in the Indonesian Premier League um, for five games to finish his career off. So it's some real journeyman stuff at the end there. But yeah, Colton Cole. You were terrible yeah. on that, both of you. But hopefully one we'll nil. next week. 1-0. 1-0. Cheers, Chips. 1-0, Rook. Yeah, let's keep, we'll keep a tally on that. And then that is, that is currently 1-0, Luke. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed that new feature we've got at the end there. Um, again, if you've got any particularly good footballers and some good clues that you'd like us to use for that last section, please feel free to get in touch with us via any of the usual channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or whatever. We'll be back next week, hopefully. And as always, keep eating those burritos. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week, everyone. See you next week.